Hey there, Sooners Nation. Welcome to the Locked On Sooners podcast. Coming up on today's show, we're going to get into Oklahoma is still at eight in the college football playoff rankings. We're going to talk about Woody Washington's availability for Baylor and start to dig into the Baylor game with our guy Josh Helmer here from 1400 Sports Talk in Norman and my uh, cohort over at the Sooners Wire. We'll discuss that and more here on Locked On Sooners. Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Sooners Nation, and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Sooners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family from the community can come together. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Again, thank you so much for listening to Locked On Sooners. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. And joining me today, we've got a special guest, Josh Helmer from 1400 Sports Talk in Norman. And it's a 94.7 in Oklahoma City. Is that right? Did I get the, the call sign right? 94.7 FM in Oklahoma okay. City across the yeah. state. We're on a bunch of stations now. There's a lot to mention, but that's yeah. that's good right there. Yeah, he's part of the, uh, the the Chris Plank show from nine to noon over there. So make sure you tune into that. Available on the uh, Sports Talk app, you can listen to it if you're not in a listening area. Josh also writes for us over at the Sooners Wire at USA Today. Josh, you doing all right, man? Doing great, doing great. Just reacting to these college football playoff rankings like everybody else. Yeah, so kind of what was the first thing that stood out to you as you as you saw the rankings kind of being released? I mean, we know Oklahoma came in at eighth, but really what stood out to you initially? I think from Oklahoma's perspective, not surprised that they stood pat right there at number eight. That was sort of what I was expecting for Oklahoma tonight. They didn't play last week. It was a bye week for OU, so you, you didn't earn a quality win uh, a week ago in the week that was. But the, the good news for Oklahoma is Baylor, though they lost to TCU 30-28 to last week, they only fell one spot, and that's who Oklahoma plays to start this uh, three-game stretch to close. You're hoping it's four if you get into the Big 12 championship game. So that was a positive sign, I think, for Oklahoma there that Baylor is still going to be a quality win for OU. You wondered if maybe they would kind of sneak around that – 15 to 20 range possibly even below that with that tcu loss they didn't they only fell the the one spot oklahoma state at 10 again good news for oklahoma i know a lot of sooner fans are disappointed with all of these one loss teams that are in front of them uh you you've got alabama oregon michigan and michigan state still as those one loss teams sitting in front of oklahoma but uh, it's going to take care of itself if oklahoma just keeps winning. I kind of thought that there was a chance that maybe Cincinnati would get dinged a little bit for not looking all that impressive themselves in their win over Tulsa last week. That didn't happen. They actually moved up a spot. So those were some of my initial thoughts from the rankings that were. Yeah, I think the Cincinnati thing surprised me a little bit as well. The other surprise I had was that Michigan State fell below Michigan. Now, Gary Barta came out and said their rationale for that is they just felt like Michigan was a more complete team. Are you buying that really? Like Michigan State, they beat Michigan. Like, is should they fall below the Wolverines, even though they lost most recently? I think this is the number one thing everybody's going to be talking about with these rankings. 
is the fact that Michigan State just a couple of weeks ago rallied back head-to-head, got the victory over Michigan 37-33. to So there's the head-to-head case there. We played the game on the field. Michigan State was the better team. They won the game. They've got the same record. They own the head-to-head victory. And they're one spot behind Michigan in these rankings. It doesn't make sense to a lot of people because then you look up that board as you get into the top four, and you've got Oregon uh, sitting there ahead of Ohio State by virtue of their win at Ohio State. Like, that part makes sense, but the fact that you weren't consistent with that approach when it comes to Michigan and Michigan State, no, I don't get that. To me, if I was doing the rankings, head-to-head has to matter in this deal. It didn't for Michigan State, and that's disappointing. Well, and that's one of the things that people complained about with the with the expansion to a 14 playoff was that the regular season would get diminished somehow. Well, that's just what the committee did is they diminished a regular season win in a rivalry game for, for a team. And, and it's kind of shocking, to be honest. And it, it's one of those things that leaves me a little bit doubtful. And, and even just a small part of my, my brain is a little bit doubtful that, that the committee would do the right thing if Oklahoma – is able to go undefeated because I look at the the five one loss teams ahead of Oklahoma and I see a scenario play out that is going to create a lot of drama at the end of the season if it plays out how we hope it will and that you know Oklahoma wins out but say Alabama beats Georgia then you have two SEC teams with one loss coming out of the SEC championship both with a right to be in the college football playoff and then you have Oregon who's already sitting there at number three if they went out and win the Pac-12 I mean, is that one of those situations where Oklahoma could bump them out, even though they've been there the whole time? And then Ohio State or Michigan State or Michigan, whichever one of those teams is able to win out and win the Big Ten championship, they're going to have a right to be in the in the college ball playoff mix. And so, and then you got Cincinnati sitting at number five and undefeated as well. And so I just look at this mountain to climb. And yes, Oklahoma is going to have a great shot because they've got Baylor, who's a top 13 team right now this weekend, and we'll talk about them later on in the show. And then they'll have Oklahoma State, who currently is a top 10 team. If they remain a top 10 team when Oklahoma plays them in Bedlam, there's a good chance that that can be a back-to-back setup where they play two top 10 games in back-to-back weeks with Bedlam and the Big 12 Championship. And it should work itself out, but the College Football Playoff Committee leaves me with a little bit of doubt that they'd be able to do the right thing. I'm not as concerned for Oklahoma in that respect. I think if you went out, if you're perfect, if you're 13-0 and you're a Big 12 champion, they can't leave you out. They can't. I do think that it's a realistic fear for Oklahoma based on where they stand right now and the teams that are sitting in front of you. You do have to be perfect. I think the committee has made – I think the committee's made that – part of it clear for Oklahoma that there's no wiggle room in this go around for Oklahoma. Whereas in years past, maybe you, you lost early in October and then ran the table and got in Oklahoma. Can't this season lose late, uh, even as a big 12 champion, if they then turn around and avenge, you know, that loss in the big 12 championship game, say if it came to Oklahoma state the week before, I don't think that's a recipe for Oklahoma to get in, but in terms of being perfect, Uh, I do think that Oklahoma at some point would leapfrog either uh, in Oregon or in Ohio State, and certainly Cincinnati. I I think no doubt about it. If Oklahoma continues winning and they're perfect, they're jumping Cincinnati. Yeah, and I I agree too. And it's just one of those like, I don't know why it is. I'm usually a really optimistic person, but there's this little sliver of skepticism 
in these rankings. And, and because of what they're doing with Michigan and Michigan state, that leaves me feeling a little bit this way, but you're right. If they go undefeated, they will be in. And so who would be the team that you would leave out between if it's, let's say there's a one loss, big 10 championship, big 10 champion, whether it's Michigan, Michigan state or Ohio state. Cause I, I feel like the tiebreaker scenario could lead any of them into it still. And between them and Oregon, who do you think gets left out? I, I would lean Oregon would be getting left out because of the gauntlet that the Big Ten champion would have to have had gone through to get there. So follow me on this. This is going to sound a little bit crazy. But to me, the correct answer to that. Now, I don't think that this is how it would play out. But I think under the scenario that we're talking about, Alabama wins out. They're the SEC champion. They beat Georgia, who is widely presumed and deservedly so as the best team in America right now, based on the way that they've just, you know, ran through their schedule and have clearly looked like the best team in America. But that's the team that should be left out under that scenario. It's Georgia. They're the team that didn't win its conference championship. Oregon as a Pac-12 champion in my mind and with the road win at Ohio State would deserve to get in. If Ohio State beats both Michigan State and Michigan down the stretch, wins a Big Ten championship, to me, conference championships have to matter. But that's not the world we're living in in this college football playoff world. It's widely presumed and probably exactly how it would play out under that scenario that both Georgia and Alabama would get in out of the SEC. Alabama as the SEC champion and Georgia as the team that's just been too good to leave out, right? Yeah, you'd think that – I just think we presume that for sure, and, and we've seen it play out in years past. I think the best-case scenario for kind of the college football playoff committee, they're probably hoping that Georgia beats Alabama and they're not having to make that tough decision. Yeah, right, yeah. Take any of the uh, craziness out of our hands. Make it a little easier for us. And probably to that point right there, the committee has to be hoping that either in Oregon or Ohio State, somewhere the rest of the way stumbles. That way they don't have to get into the head to, head-to-head debate again between those two. The precedent has been set that Oregon's in front of Ohio State, but if push came to shove late, even with that victory at Ohio State, would that still ring true? I, I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be a, a really fascinating final month of the season. And part of the reason I'm so excited for the talks about expanded college football playoff, because it just brings more teams into the fold and potentially more opportunities for debate. And then you even get to start debating seeding. Like that's going to be so much fun. If the chaos isn't great now, how great will it be down the road? But hey, coming up next, we're going to talk about Woody Washington's availability. We've had some mixed messages out of OU's camp out of Norman this week, and we'll talk about that with Josh Helmer. But first, let me talk to you about McDonald's. McDonald's is the place where you can go and get great, affordable, tasty food, a place where you can reconnect with your friends and family, and you can get some great French fries and endless McFlurries. I know that every time after a soccer game or soccer practice with my daughter, we're going to get the Happy Meal. She loves the cheeseburger, loves those French fries. We always do the double French fries. She's not an apple slices person. We've got to get the great French fries. Always been my go-to for breakfast as well. It's got the number one fast food breakfast in my mind, and you can't leave out the tasty, delicious apple pie. Josh, do you have a favorite that you like to get from McDonald's? If we're talking McFlurries, come on, man. It's the, the Oreo McFlurry. That's the old staple right there. 
That's right. You can't go wrong with the Oreo McFlurry. And hey, my dad, he's a big fan of the M&M McFlurry. He's, he goes to that each time. So make sure you go to McDonald's, get you some great, affordable, tasty food. It always hits the spot, whether it's for the road trip or after a big game. McDonald's is your place to be. Now, Josh, we've had some mixed messages here on Woody Washington this week. Now, the Oklahoma Sooners have been getting healthier as the last few weeks have gone along. They got Jalen Redmond back a couple weeks ago, Deller and Turner Yell as well, and Mario Williams. Now, on Monday, Lincoln Riley was a little bit you know, skeptical as well whether or not Woody Washington would play. On Tuesday, Alex Grinch had a bit of, of a different story. What did he have to say on that? You're right. Uh, Lincoln Riley on the Big 12 teleconference call on Monday was asked about wide receiver Theo Weiss and, of course, the cornerback we're talking about here, Woody Washington. And Lincoln Riley said, hey, it's uh, right now a little bit of a reach that either would be available come Saturday versus Baylor. That was yesterday, right? Okay, so today Alex Grinch, the Sooners defensive coordinator, meets with the media, and he says uh, everything's tracking for Woody Washington to play versus Baylor, that they're still very hopeful that that's going to be the case this weekend uh, against the Baylor Bears. So I guess the question then becomes, which story do you believe, right? Which which portion of the health equation do you want to buy into? Is it a little cat and mouse from Lincoln Riley, or is it just a little too much optimism on the part of Alex Grinch, Grinch that Woody Washington would actually be ready this weekend? The eternal optimist that we are here, I'd like to say that uh, I'm siding with Alex Grinch on this thing and that Woody Washington, at least in a limited role in some capacity, maybe is going to be available. And that would be great news for Oklahoma. Now, they got a really great performance out of Key Lawrence making the move from safety to corner a couple weeks back. And I, I kind of talked about it earlier after Lincoln Riley had made his, his comments known that you know if Woody Washington's not yet 100%, then don't feel that you have to rush him back out there because DJ Graham is back. You got Key Lawrence playing pretty well at corner the first time he got a full opportunity to do that. He's got a bye week and another set of practices to continue to improve and get ready for a Baylor team that is pretty decent offensively. I think you can continue to run Key Lawrence out there at corner and feel fairly confident that he'll be able to perform if Woody Washington's not 100% and ready to go. I, I think I would definitely side with the guy that coordinates the defensive side of the ball. If he's talking like things are tracking, like the guy's going to be able to play, I think it's probably a really good chance that he'll be able to play. Now, like you said, he probably comes back in a bit of a limited role, and I think that's okay. Like, I think you don't feel like you need to rush him back unless you just feel like your cornerback play has not been good in that game. You can maybe even just kind of throw him out there for a dozen plays or so and just see where he's at, get his feet wet, and get him ready for the stretch run because he's definitely going to be needed against Iowa State and against Oklahoma State. You know, and we talked about this, Chris Plank and I did a little bit on our radio show this morning. If you had to pick one of the two, right, he, he offered me the, the option here. Do you want Theo Weiss or do you want Woody Washington back? The answer is Woody Washington because you like what you have in terms of that wide receiving core. Of course, you'd love to have both back, and you'd love to have them both back yesterday for Oklahoma. But that not being the case, you'd like to have Woody Washington because really right now you think about Oklahoma's secondary and specifically the cornerback position. They shift Key Lawrence over, and he looked great versus Texas Tech. He had the two pass breakups, and I think it was the third game in a row that Key Lawrence has had at least seven tackles in a game for OU. Right. So he's been all over the field making plays for Oklahoma, whether it's been in safety or corner. But Lawrence at one cornerback, DJ Graham at the, the opposite cornerback, and 
really right now for Oklahoma, if Woody Washington is out, those are only the two names that you feel like you can really, really rely on. They've tried a number of uh, other options. Jaden Davis, Latrell McCutcheon, Billy Bowman. Really just about anything that Oklahoma has had as an option uh, or a potential option at cornerback they've tried and outside of DJ Graham and then Woody Washington early in the season before he got hurt. And now the one game that we've seen from Key Lawrence, none of the rest of those options have really stuck for OU. So get Woody Washington back, even if it's in a limited role, just to have that third body there at the cornerback position for some reliable depth, I think would be massive news for OU. Yeah, absolutely agree. And I think, you know, you can throw Justin Broyles and Nam as a guy or as a guy who's been solid, you know, he's not been spectacular, but he's made some plays. And I think what you have there when you do have Woody Washington back is between Lawrence and Broyles, you have two really good options that can play some nickel corner for you. They can play in the slot. Now, Lawrence is a bit bigger guy, but he kind of can operate as like a third linebacker. If he's, if you got to play in the slot, just, it'd, it'd be a really interesting option for them, you know, as they, as they go towards Baylor. Now looking at the Baylor bears, they just got beat by Chandler Morris and the TC Horn Frogs, upset 30 to 28. Morris, the former Oklahoma quarterback, just has a great game trying to stick it to Oklahoma by diminishing Baylor's value a little bit. Uh, just no, he's not really. He's just trying to play a good game. But it was a fantastic game over 500 yards of offense between rushing and passing. Um, did he potentially expose some things in the Baylor Bear defense that Oklahoma might be able to take advantage of? You know, I listened to a little bit of what. Baylor head football coach Dave Aranda had to say after the 30 to 28 loss to TCU. And really he was of the mindset that Chandler Morris is just the latest quarterback. That's a dual threat guy that has exposed us in some ways in that department. And he knows that Caleb Williams, uh, he's got a plethora of 40 plus yard touchdown runs on the season has been tremendous, both throwing and running the football He's aware of the type of threat that Caleb Williams presents here. So I think from the Sooners perspective, yeah, absolutely. You're hoping that more of that would be the case, uh, that this Baylor defense that has looked really good for the majority of the season maybe has a little bit of a kryptonite here for quarterbacks that aren't just uh, your typical pocket passers that can get around and move a little bit, which Caleb Williams certainly fits the profile of. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting thing to see how that plays out. The other thing that I think TCU has going for them is Quentin Johnston. And that guy is dynamite. He's making contested catches all over the place. And Chandler Morris was unafraid to throw him into difficult, you know, 50-50 pass situations. Will Caleb Williams be as willing to, to throw those balls? It'll be a really – I think it's going to be a great chess match to, to see how that plays out between Lincoln Riley and Dave Aranda. You know, the Baylor Bears have played Oklahoma tough the last couple of years. I mean, it, it took Oklahoma, you know, a half to get going against a team that wasn't very good last year. And then – Two years ago, they were down 28 to three and had to have the epic comeback by Jalen Hurts. And so, I mean, as even though Baylor just took the loss to TCU, I'm still looking at this as a really tough matchup for the Oklahoma Sooners. And we'll continue to dig into that on the show this week and coming up next with Josh here. But first, let me talk to you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest place to place all your bets. They're back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. You can head to their new updated desktop or check out their mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using our promo code LOCKEDON. From basketball, football, 
NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Again, Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online is where the game starts. And Josh, it's going to be a very interesting matchup. I think you know Baylor presents a few different, uh, a difficult, you know, um, problems for the Oklahoma Sooners. I mean, their running game is legitimate and it's going to be a tough test. Their offensive line is considered one of the best in the country, if not the best. Much improved football team from a season ago. Obviously the first year under Dave Aranda was a little bit of a mess from the perspective of you get the head coaching gig. All of a sudden you you don't really get spring football. You're dealing with everything that was going on with COVID-19. So I think that set Baylor back a lot throughout the 2020 season. But everything this year, I mean, it is, uh, it's been full steam a- ahead for Aranda and company. I-, I really like this team. They're getting solid quarterback play from Gary Bohannon. I think defensively, they're, they're one of the best collective units in the Big 12. I know that Baylor, Baylor doesn't feel that way about what happened last, last week with Chandler Morris. Right. Uh, he lit him up a little bit to the tune of 460-some-odd uh, pass yards, 70 in the run game for Morris as well. But I still – believe this is a really really good Baylor defense so it's going to be a a big challenge for Oklahoma this week and of course you mentioned it a a little bit earlier there Waco has been a a difficult venue for Oklahoma of late 2019 you had to have the largest comeback in school history to to come back with Jalen Hurts to win that football game down there 15 was uh, an important game for Baker Mayfield and that team that was making a playoff push so some of the important moments in recent Oklahoma football history have come in Waco, and it's going to be another big challenge for them. And I think it's going to be the first opportunity that the country really gets a chance to see Oklahoma against a top flight program, a top team. You know, when they played Texas a few weeks ago, I think we've seen what Texas is, is and what they've become. But Baylor's been a team that's been solid all year long. And if Oklahoma is able to go into Waco and knock off the Bears. I think that's going to be a huge win and a huge feather in the cap of, of Caleb Williams, who is making a bit of a Heisman push in, in recent rankings. You're seeing him as high as five. Now, do you think this is going to be a game where if he has another really good game like he's had in you know most of the weeks that he's been the quarterback, is that going to be enough for him to actually get legitimate consideration for the Heisman? I think it's probably just the accumulation of these final three plus the Big 12 championship for Caleb Williams. Uh, Obviously, in terms of his hopes for the Heisman, I think he's got to be great the rest of the way. He's only, what, thrown the the one interception in the Kansas game. So, Mm -hmm. largely, he's been terrific. He hasn't turned the football over. That needs to continue for him. I don't know that the Baylor game is that quote-unquote Heisman moment. And really, he might have already had a couple of those Heisman moments when you think about the the run as soon as he got inserted into the Texas game uh, the big 60 plus yard run there in the Red River game against the Longhorns and then uh, the play that he made against Kansas where he takes the football away from Kennedy Brooks and says no Oklahoma's not losing this football game today I'm gonna go ahead and ensure that and take care of that myself so maybe he's had a couple of those moments but if you're looking for one of those games down the stretch I sort of point to the Bedlam game. I think that's the game that's going to be in prime time with the most eyeballs watching it. And that's the game where if Caleb Williams really, really plays well, he can maybe make that final statement to potential Heisman voters. And so speaking of Bedlam coming up, which of the last three games do you think is going to be Oklahoma's toughest test? 
I think they're all tough. Uh, it's hard for me to, to pick between the three. I would probably rate it Bedlam, most difficult for me. Baylor this week, second most difficult. And then Iowa State, simply based on the fact that it's at home for Oklahoma. The, the schedule, though, is uh, night and day for OU based on what they saw the first nine weeks of the season versus what they're going to see here, Baylor, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State. I think for me, it's just what Oklahoma State is doing defensively. I'm not in love with what's going on with Spencer Sanders at quarterback for Oklahoma State, but, uh, I mean, they, they absolutely smothered West Virginia. I think it was the lowest total yards of offense that West Virginia's had in 27 years. So the way Oklahoma State's playing defense right now, the venom that's going to surround that game with the pending move, uh, I shouldn't say pending, with the upcoming move whenever that day arrives for Oklahoma to go to the SEC – just being in Stillwater that night with that venom against a really good Oklahoma State football team. To me, that's the biggest challenge left for OU. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic game. And I'm kind of with you there on Spencer Sanders. If he can play a clean game, it's going to give the Oklahoma State Cowboys a great chance to beat Oklahoma because that defense is legitimate. Eight sacks against Jarrett Dagey. I think it was like 133 yards of total offense. And, you know, they they held the ball carry, the running backs, to like 2.3 yards per carry. It was just an incredible effort. I mean, I think you can make a, one of those like football movie montages of Oklahoma state, just sacking Jared Deggy just from that game. And it, it'd probably be pretty incredible. But I, I, two weeks ago when I was talking with, you know, Mike Steely and Parker Thune from your, you know, your station, I ranked it Baylor, Oklahoma state, and um, then Iowa state, but more, it was because of my confidence in Gary Bohannon. And then he goes out against TCU and throws two interceptions and the bears kind of lay an egg. And, that's kind of shifted for me because I think I see it the same way as you, especially with what Oklahoma State continues to do defensively. I, I feel like they're continually getting better, which is crazy because they've been so good all year long. Next to Georgia, I mean, it's hard to argue that they wouldn't be maybe the next best defense in the country, maybe the third best defense in the country. It, it's They're just that good this year. Rodriguez has been phenomenal for them at the linebacker position, but it's – it's larger than that. They've got a number of guys across the defensive side of the football. They rotate a lot of bodies, uh, similar to what Oklahoma wants to do when healthy. Right. So, right. no, I, I like what they're all about right now. Again, not crazy about the quarterback position for Oklahoma State with Spencer Sanders. You kind of still, it feels like, every week waiting for him to just have that one game where he's just great. But maybe at this point we say he's more of the game-managing type quarterback for Oklahoma State. But – uh, all of these games, man, it's tough to pick between Oklahoma State and Baylor for which is most difficult. I still think this is a really big challenge for OU this week. Well, it's a it's a good time to have the bye week. It might have taken nine weeks to get here, but if you're going to have a bye week late in the season, at least you have it before your toughest games of the season. Absolutely. It was much needed, I think, for Oklahoma. Of course, they've been able to slowly but surely start working, integrating some personnel Back, uh, we know that Mario Williams missed that game against uh, Kansas and was back offensively for OU. G DJ Graham had missed that game as well. He was back, uh, obviously getting safety DeLaren Turner-Yell back for OU. I mean, was maybe the most important out of any of the returnees for the Sooners. Probably I didn't, uh, I didn't understand well enough just how much his uh, ability to communicate calls to be sort of a steadying presence on the back line of that OU defense, how important that was 
for OU, but it certainly played itself out. If we're just using the Texas Tech game as our barometer, yes, I would say getting DTY back is uh, pretty important for OU. Yeah, him and Jalen Redman at the same time because then that just frees up Isaiah Thomas to do what he does best, and that's play the edge because he's just phenomenal both in the run game and the pass game. Josh, man, it's been great just catching up with you here on the show. Make sure you go and listen to Josh and Chris Plank on the Chris Plank Show from 9 to noon on 1400 Sports Talk in Norman and 94.7 FM in Oklahoma City as well as the Sports Talk radio app over there. You can read Josh's work and mine over at the Sooners Wire at usadaday.com where we'll be getting you ready for Baylor all week long and getting you recap from that as well. Josh, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I appreciate you, man. John, you're the man, buddy. Anytime. Have a good one. Yeah, thanks. And hey, make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. We're free and available on all platforms. Make sure you hit the like button, subscribe to the show here on YouTube. And hey, share it with a friend. Tell your neighbor about it. Locked On Sooners is here to get you covered every day of the week. And until tomorrow, I'm John Williams for Josh Helmer. Boomer sooner.